Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. Um, so we got something a little bit different today. Uh, Rob and I have been, you know, talking on and off about video games via message, and so we said, screw it, let's, uh, let's record something. So we're going to chat video games today. Super pumped, super pumped. It's, yeah. it's, we don't typically do a lot of unplugged radio territory stuff. Like, we don't really talk about books because I don't read. Um, and, like, you know, we, we, we occasionally will talk about TV because, you know, that is something I can just sit on my fat butt and just consume. Uh, but video games is an area that, you know, that's, now that's... Talking your language now, Yeah, that's right? fertile ground, right? So... Um, and for people who are listening who are think we're going to talk all about Pokemon this whole time, not to worry. Mark Zielinski and I have been in contact. There will be a Pokemon Unplugged Radio episode down the pipeline. But this is not going to be just Pokemon. So. Well, I'm happy to join you because, you know, I, I do enjoy my, you know, uh, every occasional Pokemon Go. Excellent. <laughs> I'm just not as hardcore as Mark or his son, Colin. Yep, uh, yep. Uh, yeah, Pokemon is... One of those things were in grad school that that was almost all I did as a hobby. So just hours logged into Pokemon. Um, but video games. So we were chatting a little bit before we started recording just how different are probably like origins and journeys through video games are just based purely on our age difference as well as probably some of our interests and whatnot. Um, my... My first video game console was actually my parents, and it was the Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, and, you know, we had the normal hits, Mario, Mario 3, Legend of Zelda. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, you didn't mention Mario 2, man. Come on. <laughs> I, we rented Mario 2, and my parents must not have liked it because they never bought it. <laughs> well, it's though the background story is it wasn't supposed to be Mario 2, right? Like... The real right. Mario Two is like looks like Mario Super Mario Bros. One, and it was super hard. And then the the American Nintendo was like, "Dude, this is too hard for the American audience." So they they took a different game and they reskinned it. Right? That's why you got Wart instead of Bowser. Uh, right? But yeah. Anyways, continue. I didn't mean to. Uh, no, all good. All good. Yeah. Um, and and so like you know, a lot of my early video gaming was just di- dictated by what games my parents wanted to play because you know when NES was current, I was like. Five, six, seven. That's about when we had it. Um, my mom actually beat Legend of Zelda when I was a baby slash when she was pregnant with me. Um, so, you know, some Legend of Zelda music going on in the background when I was growing up. Um, but my the my favorite uh, game from, like, the NES era was uh, Dragon Spirit. I don't know if you ever played that one. I mean, is it, I'm assuming giving you, giving it's you that it's got to be some sort of RPG. No, actually, it's a, sh- it's a shoot-em-up. Oh, really? Um, but instead of like uh, a like spaceship, you're controlling a dragon, um, and your upgrades as you like blast different things, grow extra dragon heads, or change your breath weapon from like fire to lightning and different things like that. Um, and in hindsight, I've seen some playthroughs since, and the there's two ver- like difficulty levels, and the game starts and you. You have like a boss with no upgrades you face, and if you can beat that boss, you enter essentially the real game. 
But if that boss beats you, you play the easy mode. And as a kid, I only played easy mode, but easy mode was beatable for me, which was really fun. And and so that's I believe Konami made that game. Um, so that was one of like my favorite NES games. And then my parents were big uh, PC gamers. My my dad really liked some of the D and D games that were on PC. SSI. Exactly. And so like my earliest probably PC gaming I really vividly remember is a uh, Dark Sun: Wake of the Ravager, which is a DOS game. Um, and I love that game. I never beat it, and it's still on my to beat list because I own it now through GOG. Um, but yeah, we we dabbled a, a lot more in PC gaming. Uh, when the NES sort of broke down, we didn't get a new console for a while. Um, got a PS1 when I was a teen and then dabbled in a couple other things. I ended up getting an Xbox 360 for first-person shooters when I was in high school, you know, stuff like that. Um, but primarily, I would say, like, mostly been a PC gamer with some console, really, like, leaning into RPGs and then, like, strategy games. Um, I really, really enjoy the Total War franchise. Um, Shogun and- is my, still my favorite. Shogun 2, I think, is yeah, arguably one Shogun of the 2. best, but Warhammer Total War is so phenomenal. Yeah, it's I'm going to stick away so- from that because I'm OCD and I'll, it would suck me in. So I, I have purposefully not purchased it because <laughs> I, I know bought- I know what happens. You know, like, right. you know, I've been down the World of Warcraft route, <laughs> you know, road where you're like your wife's like, hey, dude, you haven't eaten in like two days. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I bought all the DLC for that game and there's like. 22 dlc packs for it because <laughs> it's one of those where i just like now when one comes out i'm like well i'm just going to keep buying it because now i have it all but um i really like yeah rpgs and strategy games are my main things i dabble in a lot of different other stuff and some console gaming um handheld primarily is pokemon but yeah that that's sort of my video game path if you will very briefly what about you rob yeah so i'm obviously a lot older uh and so i i started gaming in the 70s and my first my first video game console was actually an Intellivision Master System. And people are like, well, why didn't you get an Atari? I guess my mom probably just like George Plimpton, who was the guy who was selling, who was hawking the Intellivision system on TV. Plus, I think my mom is one of them people that somebody says something's better and they can show it. So obviously the Intellivision came out after the, you know, the 2600 and it was demonstrably better graphically. You know, gameplay, you could argue there's lots of great games on the 2600, but like graphically there's no question that the Intellivision was better. And I be- she sort of probably just looked at it and said, I can get what's been out for three or four years, or I can get this new system that looks better and plays better. And-, and I'm sure for her seeing that visual difference, because I, I doubt she was, I-, I don't know your mom, but I doubt she was like in, in the video games enough to know the difference between what was on each console. Right. It was more that visual difference. I'm sure. It made well, some- you know, it's one of those things back in the early eighties where it was, uh, was unusual, but like Mattel who made the Intellivision actually took the time to show like here's baseball on Atari with like six players huh. and here's baseball on Atari with a television with the full complement. Yeah. So they, they did a lot of that side by side. You go on YouTube, you can, you can see the old television commercials with, uh, with George Plimpton, you know, who George Plimpton is right. The, the English guy, right. He's in, I think he's in Goodwill hunting would be one. Maybe you've seen him in. Okay. In- yes, yes, yes. I've seen that. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So in television was my first system, uh, you know, and we just, played the crap out of it you know interestingly a lot of people give that system bad shtick because it had first of all the controllers were hardwired in so there's two controllers and you couldn't remove them so god forbid you ever broke it you you know you you would be in trouble but also (laughs) the controller itself really kind of once i explain it i think it's going to kind of 
you'll understand the type of games that it played. So it is a, it almost looked like a little cell phone and it had a keypad like zero to nine. And then it had a large 16 directional disc at the bottom. So it, you know, and then you had two buttons on either side. And so what the keypad allowed you to do is like in football, you had all these different plays you could select. And they actually had like little plastic overlays that would slide into the controller that would turn those numbers into something more specific to the Google game. I just Google searched this because I was like, what? And yeah, this is okay. Very, I mean, that's such a different controller to anything I've ever seen. You, you hear people now, like you'll listen to some of the more modern casts that uh, they call themselves retro, but let's be honest, they weren't born in the 80s. But they're going back and playing those old games and they all... The, the controller sure <laughs> growing up with it it was like it made perfect sense and actually going to like a 2600 with um you know with the, just a stick in one button i'm like you know what the hell is this right like very limiting what you could do but anyways you know the television you know I, i've always been into sports games and television was the first video game company to or video game console company to license you know major league soccer <laughs> the nfl the nhl and to get licenses like that so they had the full this array. Pre, this is like pre like Madden being a thing, oh, right? Oh yeah, Ma- was- Mad- Madden. You know, at this point, you know, Trip Hawkins at EA Sports. You know, Madden wasn't even a twinkle in his eye at this point. Okay. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> like you know. I think that was the Sega or an, or SNES era. I remember. Yeah, I mean, he, he did it for PC. He did it for Sega. The Sega. I think Madden really kind of caught on on the Sega Genesis. And it wasn't the first Madden, but it was certainly one of the first, like maybe three or four in. Plugged, if you haven't watched it, go watch the High Score series uh, on the High Score documentary on Netflix. There's a whole there's a whole section about Madden. <laughs> he goes, Trip Hawkins goes over this at nauseum, the whole story of where they got the idea, how he talked John Madden into doing it. So it's it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty uh, pretty awesome listen. But so yeah, the Intellivision was great. And, you know, you mentioned a f- couple games. One of the games that was amazing was a licensed game called Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. So in television, is known for this thing called the Running Man, which is basically this little pixelated dude, but he could run. And that's the, that was like literally the whole game. You had an over map, so you could move this little boat or this little cursor to a river or wherever. And then when you got to a certain spot, it would go into a dungeon. And it was basically like octagons with tunnels connecting them looks like a much cruder version of like original legend of zelda exactly exactly because i mean this is probably like probably like 1981 maybe 1980 i mean it's it's you know it's probably seven years before legend of zelda uh and what was amazing about it though is you could only see a very small part and but you could hear all the stuff and so as you walk in and you're just this running man with an arrow uh you could hear the different monsters and dude creepy you know it was like it was like one of them first games that would give me a jump scare you're like oh crap i just entered this cave with a freaking dragon Mm, that's pretty cool but it was a fun it was a fun game you know and there's lots of great games on in in television i mean obviously there's a lot of games that were also on the 2600 because you know the 2600 was the juggernaut in the industry and to the point where you know you had all those great companies like activision and a magic that were offshoots of atari games disgruntled employees left and started their own companies and, right. and actually showed you could do even more <laughs> with some <laughs> of this archaic hardware that you thought. So in television was my, my thing, you know, a couple things up crazy things. That I remember my mom sent in like points from Kool-Aid and I actually got a Kool-Aid man game. 
for the Intellivision. And but it was the weirdest thing because like the whole premise of the game is you have to make a pot of Kool Aid, right? Right. But you're two kids in a haunted house, and you're trying to find like the spoon, the sugar. The it, it was hey, it man, was bonkers. When you want Kool Aid? It doesn't matter where you are. You got to get that Kool Aid. <laughs> so, but it was bonkers, right? Like right. two kids in a haunted house, and then if you made the Kool Aid, it'd be like, oh yeah, Kool Aid Man would show up. <laughs> You know, and I remember we had, there was an actually a license, because obviously Mattel, right, toy company. Right. So we had He-Man Masters of the Universe on there. Nice. So that was pretty fun. Um, and then for some reason, they had all the the uh, Data East games, like Burger Time. So, but yeah, played I played the crap out of that. And then, you know, I never owned a 2600. Have you ever played or owned a 2600? No, no, that would have that would have predated me a decent amount. Yeah, um, I know of it uh, because I've like you know watched and read a decent amount of video game history stuff, but I've never personally played anything more than like a couple emulation things here and there. You know, well, that's what's cool about emulation today, though, because like you can literally get like the Stella emulator and all the games for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and you can put it on a floppy disk, right? One point four four megabytes, you know. It's it's Downloads crazy to in think. Ten seconds, right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny though because you know, there's a there's a kind of like a theory that some people would say that the games back then had better gameplay because you you didn't have the really amazing graphics to bail you out, and mm-hmm. so you had to find other ways to capture the player's imagination. And on top of it, you had significant programming and space limitations on those cartridges. You know, like a 16k cartridge would be. You know, they would be like, no, you can't. That's way too much. Too big. Right. Make it 8K. I mean, that's that's <laughs> famously why Pac-Man supposedly, you know, on the 2600 sucked as bad as it did because they squeeze it onto a smaller cartridge. Yeah, I, I can see that theory because I think as and, and maybe it's just part of getting older and the generations of video games, no longer you being the target demographic. But I feel like RPGs written... 10, 15 years ago when they didn't have the ability to just look as amazing as they do had to make their writing better and their stories better because you couldn't just lean into good voice acting and nice ambiance to like win your mediocre story into something worthwhile. Absolutely. And and let's talk about, you know, text adventures, dude. Like there's games with no graphics. Right. Infocom, yeah, played, uh, you know, Zork. Zorp. Yeah, Zork is amazing, dude. You can uh, play it for free on a on a website. It's Zork like one through three and a bunch of other text adventures. Because um, I used that at a library program. I was like showing kids original video games. And they're like, yeah, but where's where's like the the graphics? I'm like, there are none. <laughs> it's just it's just it's all in your mind. Yeah, yeah. So you know that that's kind of my console start. You know, but but also growing up, you know, I I kind of grew up. I mean, I was born in '73, so. You're talking early '80s. That's the wheelhouse of the arcade, right? Like right, so, right. you got this. You got to play in the heyday. Of- I mean, we had an arcade that might have been a five minute walk from my house. We were there every day, right? And and we you know we're playing nice. Pango and Elevator Action, and and some. Let, let's talk about that classic arcade games. What are some of your favorites? And and and, uh, and when I say classic, yeah. I usually mean pre crash. So like <laughs> pre eighty, mid eighty three, eighty four. Missile Command. Missile, Missile Command is really great. fun. Um, is, is Joust pre-crash or is that post-crash? Yeah, J- Joust be... from Williams. That's that's gonna be yep. that's gonna be a, a classic title. That's one I really like. Um, like those are so there's a there's a retro game uh like arcade in York, PA that my family and I go to every now and then where you just pay like an entry fee and you play as much as you want so you don't like eat up quarters. Um, and we've gone like three times and. I really like I like Joust. I like that, and then like you know, like original Mrs. Pac-Man is so good. 
Uh, you know, it's sort of like a cliche answer, right? But I love like like those three. I would say are probably like my go to for like the older the older stuff. Well, all right. So the first you talked about Missile Command. If you like Missile Command, Tony Temple, who is the current world record holder for Missile Command, uh, actually has a book and a podcast. The podcast is called The Ted Dabney Experience. And what's great about it is he's got some journalists that help him, and it's very professional. And they they go and talk to very eccentric people in the you know in the heyday of the arcade. Yeah, I'm looking up Ted, the Ted Dabney Dabney Experience right now. Honestly. When that show, when whenever a new episode pops up, uh, it's like one of the first ones I'm going to do. This reminds me, I read um, a article um, at work the one day where it was someone had tracked down the Street Fight, one of the Street Fighter two like title holders back in when that was a big thing in the arcade. Um, and he was just like a kid who was bored in the summer. And he just got really good at Street Fighter two. They were talking about. Like what that meant to him, and now he's just like, yeah, that's an average job, average guy, and whatnot. But he still holds like a record for something. I can't remember what because I wasn't a huge Street Fighter fan, but yeah. But the Ted Dabney experience is great. You know, they had John Newcomer on who did Joust, Warren Davis who did Qbert. Um, they've had uh, Brian Colon, who's uh, the creator of Rampage. Ooh, okay, yeah, really classic games. So you know, and so yeah, I, Missile Command is a great. Great pick. Um, what were you, what were the other two two games you mentioned? You mentioned Joust and then uh, Mrs. Pac Man. Okay, so Mrs. Pac Man again. Go to the high score uh, documentary on mm-hmm. uh, because you know that's got a whole like crazy story where you know essentially it started off basically these guys from MIT made this company and they were going to make upgrade boards to Pac-Man and it started off as a game called Crazy Auto and it morphed into Miss Pac-Man and there's this huh. giant legal battle and. Long story short, they made a better version of Pac-Man, right? <laughs> Definitively, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, so it's it's 100%. right. It's not deterministic. Like it, it it's random and stuff. Because you know, Pac-Man, if you memorize everything, you can actually play a perfect game, which you cannot do with. Uh, well, I mean, there probably is a kill screen, but I don't think you can. There's no such thing as a perfect game uh, in, in Miss Pac-Man. I don't believe so. Yeah, I think. Um... Uh, Ready Player One talked about the Pac-Man high score, and uh, I don't think there was a perfect game in that, but I could be wrong. <laughs> in in Donkey Kong, there's like a certain a little bit of a randomness in terms of which barrels come, and you know it, it's it's you know maybe ten years ago they had that movie King of Kong, right, where where it is about chasing the high score, but where those guys were for a high score mm-hmm. compared to where they are today is like night and day. So right. it, it's. You know, it, it's bonkers. But, you like know. Dig Dug, too. Dig Dug's another. Oh, yeah, so, Dick okay. Dug's so that's one of my top three. I, I Dig Dug is great. Namco, but in the U.S., it was licensed by Atari. Great soundtrack. I love the uh, love the artwork. Love the art style. Great gameplay. You know, some really nice, like, choices you have to make while you're playing. It, it's all the buttons, dude. It, yes. it, it's all the buttons. <laughs> you know, the problem is, like, if people say, what, what are your favorite games? I don't know, man. Because yeah, there's a lot of them, right? Time Pilot was one that I liked a lot. I don't think I know that one. So it, it was a, I believe it's a Konami game. And basically your ship stays in the center of the screen and you just, you just turn. And, I mean, you're essentially flying, right? But mm-hmm. you're going through decades. So you start mm-hmm. off like in World War II fighting against fire, fighter jets or, you know, uh, bombers and stuff. Right. You know, like P-52 mess tanks and stuff like that. And then you work your way all the way up to um, uh, like UFOs. But what was amazing yeah. about that, they used this joystick called the Monroe joystick where uh, you can look it up, but essentially it allowed really great spinning. Like you could, <laughs> you twisted it and you could really 
control the rotation of the ship pretty amazingly because of this custom stick. Uh, mm. So that was one. You know, one that doesn't get a lot of talk is Pango. Have you ever played Pango? No, I haven't. I have actually. I don't think I've heard about it. So, so Pango, you are a penguin, and like you're trying to kill these things called like snow bees, and you're on this icy maze, and you can like essentially push these bricks of ice, and they crush the snow bees, and it's got a little bit of dug dug in it in the sense that you're trying to hit like multiples with one, with one, um, like with one brick. Yeah, okay. the more the more you know. There's a lot of games like that. You know, Burger Time does that too. If you can drop. Sure. Five of the creatures on on one patty, you'll get extra bonuses. Yeah, I've never seen. I just looked it up. I've never even seen this game before. Uh, another one that people hate, but for some reason I love, Elevator Action. Yeah, I don't know. That. <laughs> uh, it's like a James Bond dude. You like come down and, and you get in this thing and you work your way down through this tower. And you've got to go in the red doors and get the secret dossiers. Huh. And what was cool is you could... You could jump and kick the bad guy. You could shoot the bad guy. You could jump and shoot lights and drop them on the bad guy. You know, use the elevators to, like, change your height to, you know, basically you could shoot them with their feet or you could shoot them with the head, you know? Mm, sure. It was just a super, I think that was a Taito game. Anyways, we don't want to spend the whole time talking about the <laughs> early 80s, but, like, certainly that, like, was a significant, you know, and and all the games you would already talk about, you know, the, the Pac-Mans, the Miss Pac-Mans, the Donkey Kongs, the Galagas. I mean, oh, all, yeah. all, the, all oh. those games played, I don't know how many quarters, man. And it's sure. funny you think about it, because I don't know, you know, what's a quarter today, right? Right. Compared yeah. to, I mean, back then, I remember, like, if I had, like, a couple bucks, that was, like, a big deal. Like, right. and that's only eight games, dude. So I must have not been in there very long, because I wasn't very good. Right. You know? Well, and, I would have been, know, like, ten, my, right? Like My arcade experience is a little bit different, because, you know, obviously, once I was old enough to really you know, play at the arcade much at all. The games had changed pretty drastically. And I remember like every game was like 75 cents, like, or a dollar. So that's <laughs> right? like early nineties, maybe. Yeah. So it'd be like, like, like 90, like four five, okay. six, somewhere around there. Now it'd be like late, like mid to late nineties. Yeah. Right around there. So well, like me... your, t- your time crisis, that was one of our go-tos. Yeah. Um, that's I a, love... that's an on shooter, right? T- time crisis. Yeah. And you've got the like pedal to duck behind cover and reload and whatnot. Um, you can still find those at like, uh, you know, like arcades that you mm-hmm. know, are near, like, like if the ocean city, Maryland has a big arcade and there's a couple time crisis cabinets there. My brother and I take a big stack of quarters and go beat it like every summer. Or like, uh, I always loved the big gauntlet legends cabinet where you could have like four people playing at once on this big giant screen. Gauntlet is another game that just, uh, I just love it. So good. I mean, the shocking, right? The fantasy yeah. fans like gauntlet. Uh, <laughs> it was amazing. Well, I mean, for the time you're like, first of all, it's four players, right? Which is second huge. of all, there was like that RPG element to the sense that you at least got to pick your class and they were different, right? And they were different. Yeah. They had different skills, you know, and then, you know, that's kind of like maybe where it started. And then I remember in the early nineties, we had some dungeon and dragon games where it was a side scroll beat them up. Mm -hmm. Same sort of thing where you could be a mage or a barbarian or a wizard. And I, I love, you know, I love side scrolling beat them ups period. You know, if you think about like, you know, I, I did get a Nintendo back in like 87. That's when, so I was like a couple years behind, when the Nintendo first came out, because the Nintendo obviously came out in 85 here in the US. Right. And But I will say, like, once I got it, I was like, uh, in television, who? Like, at that <laughs> point, you're just like, because the graphics were so freaking amazing. I mean, it's a huge looking at the screenshots from these two. It's a huge leap, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not even, it's, you know, because technically the Intellivision was an 8-bit processor, but 
the, the Nintendo was a huge leap for a number of reasons, not least of which they started to add, you know, as, as they developed the, the games, the companies could actually put additional hardware on the cartridges. So you had all these like MMC chips, you know, to, to enhance right. what the Nintendo could even do. I, I remember I got my, my Nintendo in 80, in the summer of 87, I was going into ninth grade and super Mario brothers two was the game I got because that, okay. like it was just out then. And right. I remember playing the crap out of it. It was just, you know, and obviously, you know, if anybody got the action set, right, it came with the gun and it came with the, the double cartridge that was Duck Hunt and, uh, and Mario one. Super Mario yep. Bros. 1. My parents must have been pretty far behind the curve for the NES because so I was born in 89. So I was born significantly after the NES was was current. Right. And my parents, I think, bought it shortly after I was born. Um, so, yeah, we 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 played the hell out of that thing. Now that I'm realizing how long that probably was out of date for. What's crazy is you had the traditional one, right? The The, the VCR one. The front loader? Uh, no, it was a uh, yeah, the front loader, front loader, yeah. Because by by the time you were born, like they, I think they already came out with the uh, the top loader because you know they made a because you know Nintendo Super Nintendo came out in like ninety one, right. right? So they they came out with a version that was like forty nine bucks or something, and it was like a stripped down. I mean, it played. I mean, it plays Nintendo games. It's a Nintendo <laughs> Entertainment System, but like it's called the top loader, and they're like crazy expensive now because nobody, you know, nobody, nobody bought them. Right. It's like you know. It's like any of those those games that came out um, near the end of the of the life cycle. Uh, you know, they're stupid prices. You know, like right. six, seven hundred dollars for one game. Nobody bought it. You know, right? Because you're you know the next thing's coming out, right? I mean, did you end up getting a Super Nintendo at all, or no? We we didn't get another console until PlayStation One. Oh my gosh, that's like <laughs> it was a huge gap. That's probably like five. What was that like ninety five? Maybe that. Um, I was eleven at the time, so that would have been I think two thousand. Was either I think I got it two thousand one because it wasn't brand new. We got okay. it from like my dad had a friend who was looking to sell his PlayStation for like fifty bucks. Um, and it like came with that uh, Final Fantasy seven, a couple games I don't remember. And I, it didn't have a memory card, and right. I didn't know what a memory card was because I was only used to our NES. Mm-hmm. And so I kept putting Final Fantasy VII in, playing it, turning it off after hitting save, turning it back on, not real. I couldn't figure out why it wouldn't save. <laughs> and so That's I played awesome. the beginning of Final Fantasy VII maybe 14 times before I finally realized there's a thing called a memory card that you need That's to awesome. get. Otherwise, you just play the beginning over and over. <laughs> so, you know, for me to catch up with you, I, I, I got a Super Nintendo we had, uh, you know, and I have a younger brother, so he got a, uh, we, I think at some point we did get a Sega Genesis, because, mm-hmm. you know, Sega does what Nintendo don't, right? <laughs> we might have had a Sega somewhere, because my brother swears we did, but I do not remember it, like, uh, but I, I know we played a lot of Sega over friends' houses, mm-hmm. like, it was Sega the was era popular. where you just, you, you hang out at your friend's house, it was a Sega for, like, the whole weekend. Well, I mean, Sega came out before, you know, the Genesis came out before the super nintendo and it was amazing however i i am a complete nintendo homer so like as soon as the nintendo came out i was like or i heard about it i was like we're not getting the genesis yet we're gonna get the super nintendo first well with age wise right i mean like the snes is i think pretty obviously the better long-term console than the sega i just yeah i mean 
especially considering all the squaring, you know, the square games. I mean, there's mm-hmm. just there's just so many great titles on the Super Nintendo. Now, that's not to discount. There's lots of great titles, especially the the sports games, dude. You know, the, okay. and the, the EA yeah, Sports never, on the Sega Genesis sports game. So that's yeah. So so Sega really, you know, they they really catered towards a older demographic, and so you know, NHL hockey was freaking sweet, right? Um, mm-hmm. But you know. The, both of those were 16-bit consoles, and we were both just, okay, well, what's next? What's next? And right. for me, it was, my brother got the PlayStation, and I was like, ah, yeah, that's cool, but, like, it's CDs. It takes, like, 10 minutes to load. So <laughs> I had to go and get the Nintendo 64. Sure. Uh, which is also, like, now playing Nintendo 64, you know, the games, even when you upscale it or you... It, it, it hasn't aged well. <laughs> no, what you got to do is you legitimately have to, like, run it through some kind of processing like either do like a uh, an HDMI mod to it or mm-hmm. something where it because inherently the 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 Nintendo 64 has anti-aliasing built in specifically designed for CRTs right and it looks like garbage a on a, garbage. when yes. when when you try to like upscale it like just having your TV do it so and i'm not saying you know you need like for, you know, expensive frame meister or anything but there are certainly options to make it more palatable during like this era, the thing we were doing a lot um, was, you know, like I said, we did a lot of PC gaming. And so we were playing uh, Might and Magic, you know, one, two, three Isles of Terra was one of my personal favorites. Um, I don't know if you've ever played the Might and Magic. Games. I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fun. I mean, like there, there's no story at all, but it's something fun about creating a party of four adventurers and just going through. And then Heroes of Might and Magic was another favorite of ours because you mix that strategy with fighting with a uh, different kind of like monsters and creatures and whatnot. And then um, when I was like 12, we got dial up internet and we had been playing uh, age of Empires some at my uncle's house because he had his, his computer and my two cousins computers linked in like a local area network. And so we had played age of empires two uh together on there and it was like revolutionary i was like oh my god this game is so much better when you're not just playing against like the ai and so uh, once we got dial up every day after school i i tied up our phone line playing age of empires 2 on dial up internet (laughs) that's awesome my first computer was a packer bell 46 sx 33 so and and it must have been like God, it must have been like 1990. It, it didn't have a CD-ROM because that was before that. And mm-hmm. I remember going to Sam's Club and buying like this hundred and some dollar box. It was like made by Creative Labs, which it had like, basically it had a CD interface card mm-hmm. and the CD-ROM and it came with a bunch of games. Mm-hmm. And I remember once once you got a CD-ROM, it was like, oh, for right. PC games. You know, like I, I, like I mentioned, like sports games and shit where you're trying to like wait for it to load is always frustrating. I mean, some of those... SSI games were great. I remember Panzer General was one of them. You know, that's Panzer one of those... General's so fun. Yes. Oh my god! And I hours and hours and and obviously Civilization and. Did you ever play Warhammer Shadow of the Horned Rat? I have. I never owned it, so it wasn't like one that I got to play often. Sure. But it was awesome, and that was that was in that same vein of there was a, that same company made. Didn't they also make like like a Warhammer? Um, like for, they made some 40k games. Yeah, they made a couple 40k games. I never played any of those. Yeah, and they were almost like, um, like epic. It was, yes. it was, it was that that the that scale kind of scale. was all that. Like, yeah, it was like you were controlling squads of dudes, but your main weapon was like titans stomping around. I, exactly. I've seen, like they look cool, <laughs> but I never played them. 
Yeah. PC games were great though. Cause you know, I, I remember like I was at Michigan state and I remember like we, I wasn't really playing PC games and somebody handed me like a couple floppy disks and said, check this out. And it was doom. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is like, cause I mean, at that point, all I really had seen was, you know, Wolfenstein 3d, which don't get me wrong. I still just like, love that game. Doom like was a whole nother thing. And then doom two, I mean, uh, and then there's another game called rise of the triad, which was made by Apogee Software. I don't know that one. Very similar to that. And I remember you know, you talked about trying to play online. I remember mm-hmm. being so frustrated because we're like, me and my friend were like, we're going to play this game. We're going to fight each other on, you know, shoot each other online. <laughs> and we just, we could never get the damn thing to work. <laughs> like, and we, we tried and we tried and we tried and we finally just gave up. Uh, and then I'm sure you've played Dark Forces, right? Um, I don't. The Star Wars game? No, I actually have not. I, it's on the. Yep, it's a great. I've heard it's so I, mean, good. I think it might be the first first person shooter Star Wars game. Hmm. I think it was. There was. I think there was one other game before that, uh, but I don't know that it was a first person shooter. And then obviously, come on, the game that sold you in the '90s, dude, X Wing versus Tie Fighter. Never played that one either. Holy crap! You need to get <laughs> that game. It's dope. I mean, see, to be see, fair, the though, was at those at that time period, in order to get the game, I had it had to be something my dad was also interested in, unless if like I had saved money up enough for myself. And my dad didn't like any of the like faux first person shooter stuff because he always said they made him nauseous. So it had to be like turn based or RPG that I could sell him on and be like, we should get this game, dad. <laughs> and, and even back then, EA was screwing you. So they're like they, they came out with X-Wing. And they sold you a whole bunch of like, oh, I got to buy an expansion to have the B-Wings. I got to have an Ugh. expansion. To... And then they're like, here's TIE Fighter, a whole new game. <laughs> and you're like, all right, go through this whole thing again. And they're like, hey, guys, we're going to put it all into one game with some new content. <laughs> so, you know, it, you know, DLC used to come on a CD. <laughs> but right. like, you know, it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Age of Empires had the Age of the Conquerors, right? Which Absolutely. made Age of Empires 2 just significantly better. It was I, essentially a patch, but you I, had to I remember when I moved to California, like, I had I had two PCs, and they were linked together, and then we, I remember, I, I got hooked up with some people that would do LAN parties, and we would, you know, Friday night, we would drive over to one dude's house, and we'd have maybe 20 computers set up in this living room or whatever, mm-hmm. and we would trade software, illegally, of course. Of course. Uh, <laughs> and we would, uh, you know, MP3s, right? And, and, and then we would just play... All kinds of games, and you know, and I've always liked real-time strategy, but I've never like been hardcore enough to actually sit down and be like, okay, you got to maximize. You know, I'm not gonna. I just enjoy building stuff, and it's almost like why I like deck builders. I just want to see like my engine go Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Age of Empires two was like a revolutionary, and StarCraft, obviously. I mean, just unfrickin' believable. Um. World of Warcraft, though, or Warcraft, I guess, Warcraft 3, I never really got into. Did you play that at all? I, I got the original Warcraft we got from, I think, a family friend who gave it to me as a present. And it was too good to run on our computer. But my mom's work computer in her office, it would work for. And at least that's what they told me. In hindsight, maybe that was just the way to get me to behave when she had to take me into work work um that's but awesome i played the first warcraft a decent amount on her mac that was at her work and um i remember liking it but you know that was few and far between experiences rather than regular so that was my only experience with uh warcraft unfortunately i always wanted to play it but it was always too too high end for the pc we had at the time 
Yeah, and I think my first, you know, I had a Packer Bell first, and then I think I bought a Gateway. And then I remember, like, I'm sure we all had the experience of, like, where I'm going to build a computer. Did you Have you done that? You know, <laughs> I, so then, I have not because I've had so many friends have issues building it. Uh, my brother has built two computers, and once it went really well, and the other time he had, like, mistake after mistake after mistake. Right. So I've always been the, like, super cautious, like, I don't care if it's not optimized. I just want it to work right, <laughs> right away. Yeah. Well, my first one was, like, I went to a place, and like it was, like, a bare-bones system. So technically it was already, like, the CPU was installed. The motherboard's installed, and all I was doing was putting the drives in, which was which wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, I've swapped. I've swapped like um, you know graphics cards and stuff like that. And then early two thousands, I went whole hog, and I think I built a Pentium three rig. And then, you know, at some point, it kind of came full circle where I just like I don't want to build computers anymore. Like <laughs> number one, like I'm not, I'm not I wasn't playing that many PC games, and number two, I'm just I just don't want the hassle. I just right. want to buy a computer and like set it down and turn it on. And, and, and in fact, that's the joy mostly of the laptops gaming, now, right? right? You just buy the yeah. console and just go, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's get back to you. You know, obviously, I had the Xbox, the the Nintendo sixty four, PlayStation, and then what was next for you after the PlayStation? Did you get a PS two? So right around when we got the PlayStation, uh, actually, probably shortly before we got the PlayStation. In hindsight, Pokemon was really big. Um, and my parents had a rule that any video game stuff I had to buy with my own money. So I really, really wanted a Game Boy Color. So I could yeah, I was going to ask you. Um, and so I spent like an entire summer going over grandparents' houses every weekend doing yard work and like scraping together enough money. And my brothers and I all pulled together money and bought a Game Boy Color and Pokemon Red and a hint guide and basically like obsessively tr- pass that around playing one game together. Um, and we bought a couple other Pokemon games. We bought Pokemon yellow when it came out, Pokemon trading card game, but basically our game boy was just for playing Pokemon. Um, but because many of our friends who had it were buying other games, they weren't as like, obnoxiously i guess obsessed as we were so like we were the kids who could get all the rare pokemon because that was the only game we had so we knew all the ins and outs and so like we'd go i grew up in a a pretty rural area but my cousins lived in a development of townhouses so they actually had like kids in the neighborhood and so whenever we'd go there we'd load up with rare pokemon from the safari zone and trade them for the stuff we couldn't get in our games like other people starter pokemon different stuff like that (laughs) yeah i'm trying to think Um, like you know at this time PC wise, I remember Baldur's Gate came out at some point. Yes. And yeah, yes. those, those games were amazing. And what was even crazier was I was living in California, and my friend Mike Barry worked for the company that made Baldur's Gate. And what, wow, what, that's what, awesome. Was that? But, but that wasn't. Uh, that was what's a Blizzard, right? No, no, was that? it's not. It's not Blizzard. No, it's. Um, it was. I want to say it's Bioware. All I remember is he came. He came over the house one night. And he goes, "Dude, I got his tickets to E3." And and I and I also remember that was the year the first Microsoft Xbox came out. Yeah, that's by Bioware. And and we went and by the way, he had a he said the job was totally like he was a game tester. So all he did was would play games till he broke it something, and then he would have right. to document it and he had to repeat it. Like he's like is the worst experience. Uh, but but you know he got it, to get us to the E3, so that was cool. Which is pretty cool. You know, obviously going and see the pageantry for the Xbox. Sure. Dude, they had to be sold. I was like, holy crap! This is, now. The thing was as big as a tank. Yes. I mean, it has a big monster. Co- I mean, it literally a PC, right? Mm-hmm. But man, the games that I remember that first Xbox and the games, oh, so good. We ended up um, 
after the PS1, we got an N64 with Pokemon because of Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Snap. The one with the capture card or whatever, where you could take pictures or something. No, we didn't have that um, because I bought it like after it was like I bought all mine used from EB Games, um, and so like I didn't have it because I I couldn't figure out how it worked. Uh, but I right. did have the cable, so you could play your Game Boy Pokemon in your N64 cartridges, which was cool. Nice. Um, nice. And then after that, we I think we had a pretty big break where we were just basically my, my parents got us a GameCube for Christmas and my brothers loved it. Um, I enjoyed it, but not as much as they did until resident evil four came out. And I was all about resident evil four. Um, I beat that game like six times a year. It came out, bought it right out the gates. And then shortly after that, we switched to Xbox because we had some friends who were doing halo Two land parties and so we were really bad, and we wanted to get an Xbox so that our friends couldn't kick our ass every game. <laughs> oh, I have great memories of the first Xbox. My friend Joe coming over, and we 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 went and played the the first Halo, you know, through it. So and, and what an amazing game! I mean, like, yes. I'm sure some of it's nostalgia, but like, I have like vivid memories of like I'm driving the Warthog, and he's on the back on the gun, and we're just mm-hmm. but but I mean, just oh man, <laughs> so awesome with the you know? land parties. Coach co-op like... is the best, by the way, flat out. For sure. Nintendo 64, Goldeneye. I mean, four people on the same screen just shooting each other. Oh, so fun. Doesn't yeah. get any better than that. Except if you go back and try to play it now, you're like these controls are hot mess. <laughs> the controller is really hard to use, right? Like, yes. I'm like, I remember like back in the day, I was pretty proficient. Yes, uh, me but too. like, I'm like I, how the hell did I play this? Yeah, and like I actually dusted it off like, maybe six months ago, and I'm like, cool. Oh man, this is hard to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because first of all, the analog joysticks are kind of you know the Nintendo they're 64 junk. controllers notoriously for like wearing out, where like they still center, but they're soft. And they mm-hmm. don't they don't go click they don't they don't center really easily uh, and anymore because they're wore out. We oh. um, I, I still have my N sixty four and I break it out every now and then to play Pokemon Snap and I tried playing Goldeneye the one time and like after like five minutes I'm like I can't do this this is, this, this is painful. Well, and the graphics are terrible too if yeah, you think yeah. about it. Like because like the you you know back then they were amazing but like you know the hands are kind of square. It almost looks like Minecraft dudes. Yes, it does look like Minecraft actually. <laughs> so, but but I mean back then like I remember like the the the, the solo missions where you're like sniping people. Oh mm-hmm. man, it was amazing. Like, oh, man, this is intense and now. You're yeah, I'm like, oh, my God. oh man, am I gonna make it off this dam before it blows up? <laughs> oh man. So, but yeah, X. I remember Xbox, uh, and then I remember Xbox like, where I really think, um, other than playing Age of Empires online, Xbox is where I, I really began to like look into PVPs and first person shooters absolutely. as a genre. I'm right there with you because that that was you know I, I was part of the beta for the Xbox Live, and I remember like Dang, I'm nice. most well, I mean I'm old, right? So, but like, uh, <laughs> we we played a lot of football games and. Two things came out of it. One is I did enjoy like the uh, the uh, experience of playing other people. But what I hated was all the little shenanigans that like these people would like if they're losing the game, they'd pull the controller out or right. I, and I know they probably Disconnect fixed all the that internet now. cable so that yes, like, you know, a bunch of bullcrap. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but yeah, it's it, it was it was definitely awesome. And uh, the Xbox still holds a special place, you know. Um, and I didn't I didn't actually didn't get. An Xbox 360 right away. It was much later. We we got you know. a 360 pretty early on uh, because at that point I was 
jeez, when did 360 come out? <laughs> like, uh, I was like mid to late teens. Um, it's it's got to be like no, it's got to be like 2007, maybe. No, it was earlier. 2005. 2005. Okay. All right. Yep. So the I Wii came out in 2005 as well, right? I think. Um, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember, like, I went from the Xbox, and then we moved from California uh, to 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 Memphis in 2005, and then I actually skipped the GameCube, which was weird because I, I up to that point had been a complete Nintendo homer. But first, there was something about I don't know, like. Nintendo wasn't cool enough for me anymore. Sure, I think we all hit that point, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, but then, but then the Wii sucked me back in because I'm like, oh wait, I can play with my dad. I can play with. The weird thing is, like, you know, I, I've gone back and played a, a good amount of older games that I've just held on to or I've bought since then, and the GameCube I think has consistently been my favorite older console to dip back into now because so many of the games hold up well because they have that like stylistic cartoon look that. You know, it just aged well, like you know, and it's not pixelated to hell like N64. Rogue and so Squadron. many of the games on there are really fun. Like I beat Luigi's Mansion not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Lost Kingdoms on there is amazing JRPG. Uh, Skies of Arcadia I played through. Talking about actually on Unplugged Radio, enjoyed that. Um, some and uh, you know, just a lot of really good games on the GameCube. Uh, all the Lord of the Rings games are amazing on it too. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, so uh, you just. But at the time, I was the same way as you. I just felt like uh, I, I probably it was just it wasn't what my friends were playing at that point, right? Because it's more of a single player experience, and yeah, yeah. You, you you hit me with a good memory though. Like you triggered it. I don't know how, but I remember playing. So there's a board game by Fassa called Crimson Skies, which was had these car ca- cardboard st- stand-ins, and it was like um, uh, a, a fictional version of World War II, where basically. The, the United States was divided up into new state, into new countries. Okay. And, and and so you had these like crazy ass like art deco over the top planes and it was a dogfighting game. But then Microsoft got the rights to it um, and made an amazing game both on the PC and on and on the Xbox at some point. And I remember we used to play the crap out of that because you you could go in there and you could dogfight. And what was cool, though, is you could also customize your planes. You know, I think I played this, actually. Um, I'm sure you have. Yeah, because this is looking really familiar. I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it, but like like Art Deco mixed with film noir. I mean, they had like blimps and very crazy looking buildings. And I mean, even the planes themselves here are like, you know, like it's like a jet, but it's like, like one of these planes looks exactly like the thing from cowboy bebop. Like exactly. Yeah. So anyways, we, we used to play the crap out of that. Uh, I'm mostly the PC because uh, it was easy to hook up multiple players. And then, and then, and then they had one called, I think high road to revenge, I think was the game that came out for the, uh, the, the, the Xbox. Yeah. So, and then next for me was the Wii. I got the Wii and uh, totally went like the more casual route. We just bought like the games we liked, you know? Um, and then at some point my wife was like, hey, let's, let's get an X. I think, I don't know what came first. We got an Xbox 360 and a PlayStation 3 at some point. And then, and then obviously my Homer, my Homerism like for Nintendo like swelled up and they're like, oh, they're coming out with this new thing called the Switch. And I remember like, <laughs> all right, Janine, we got to pre-order this. She's like, damn, it's like 300 bucks. I was like, no, we got to pre-order it. Got to so have good. it day one. It is. It, you know, it turned out to be a, a godsend because it really does have all the things that I wish. Well, I mean, yes. the, the portability is a huge piece of it, right? So, like, I don't typically want to. I typically don't play a lot of games 
sitting right. in front of a TV. I've used it a lot where, like, if Jess is watching something that I, I'm not really interested in, but I still want to hang out, like, I'm like, I'll just play Switch while you're watching it and we're still hanging out. But, like, I don't need to watch, like, my 600-pound life, right? Like, <laughs> it was great for traveling to, to, um, to tournaments. Like, the number of, you know, early mornings spent in airport layovers playing Switches, you know, was, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk generically, like, what are some of the game types that you, you typically... You know, what, what are you attracted to game-wise nowadays in, in a modern game? Sure. Um, I mean, I still, I definitely still have that special spot for strategy games, but I, de- I, I lean away from real-time. I mean, real-time strategy games almost aren't a thing anymore. Um, like, most of them are just reprinting of older games. So I play Age of Empires 2 a lot on Steam still. But other than that, I, I really like turn-based uh strategy games um so like fire emblem i would kind of put in there uh, i played civilization 6 on my switch um total war warhammer total war specifically is one of my favorite franchises hey did you did you have an uh, a game boy advance i did not have a game boy advance so you, have you ever got to play advance wars i have that's like one of my f- favorite games and it, 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 it hits all the buttons you just said i've been going through and collecting some game boy advance stuff because i'm realizing now how good those games are for handheld like Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a DS Lite, so I can play them. And I actually bought a Game Boy SP, so I could play my original Game Boy games because the old Game Boy screen is terrible. <laughs> you talking about the original one? I didn't have an original, no. Because until Pokemon came out, I, I didn't have a reason to buy it. <laughs> you just had a color. So I, I was working as an intern at a company, and I was sitting in on a focus group, and a kid left a Game Boy. <laughs> And like we we couldn't we we didn't know who he was we could, so I got a game there boy. There you go. So that's how I got my game boy. There you go. Some poor kid was home crying, and I was at home playing his uh, game boy. <laughs> Just playing Tetris over and over. You, you you laugh, but like I have lots of retro consoles and. I play Tetris like 99% of the time. I just, it, dude, I'm addicted, man. It, yeah, I, I can understand. I'm not a Tetris fan, but the number of times I've just turned on Overwatch and played six rounds of that instead of playing any of the dozens of games that I want to start, like I get it. Um, but yeah, like I, I definitely play a lot of strategy and RPG is a genre that as an adult I've leaned into really heavily. Um Growing up, I, I liked RPGs, but I didn't beat them regularly. But now as an adult, it, it's a, a genre that I really enjoy. Uh, one of my favorite, more modern RPGs is Persona 5. So good. Um, it, it's like a JRPG where you end up playing a, uh, a a boy in school, in high school, but he can enter into an alternative reality that is the reflection of people's innermost desires so if someone has really warped personalities it warps into essentially a dungeon that he and his friends get to go through and if you beat it it changes that person's perceptions of things or makes them confess their sins and stuff and because it's a grpg it spirals much further than that but um just a really really good game but it doesn't get to tentacle it does not no <laughs> it doesn't Okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, I know that's a whole other thing that you're oh, into, yeah, the Japanese anime <laughs> and stuff. Um, but, but Persona 5 is definitely the closest to playing through an anime I think I've ever, in the, in the best ways possible, I've ever played. Um, and I love Mass Effect. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Is, I took days off work already in anticipation for Mass Effect Legendary. Dude, uh, one of my favorite games of all time is Dragon Age Origins, dude. I, I, I probably played it 
through four, three or four times, different characters, different and choosing different. I keep meaning to play it. I have like 10 hours logged in and I'm like, this is a good game. It's it's amazing. <laughs> and, and I remember like, it, you know, it was one of the first games where like, I mean, there are other games probably too that I just didn't know about, but like, I remember specifically, you know, you could do some crazy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like your choices did impact the game. Your, yeah. yeah. The game and your destiny. And you know what you think is a minor choice here six hours from now might come to bite you in the ass. Right. <laughs> right. And uh, I but, uh, did such a good job of that in that gen. Cause both that and Ma- uh, both dragon age and mass effect, like really leaned into that a lot. Um, I have a PS4 now and a switch and I've used those to play some more of those like action adventure games. Um, I love the last of us and the last of like the last of us. The first one is like one of my all time favorite games. I beat it about once every year or so. Um, and I'm playing through Ghost of Tsushima right now, so I enjoy those games, but I, usually it has to be, like, the theme has to really draw me in. I don't seek them out. So, like, I've never played an Assassin's Creed game, for instance. So my, my story with Assassin's Creed is uh, I, I went and bought a bunch of retro ones. Uh, I mean, I have a PS3, right? But the game had been out for a long time. Sure. This is a cool-looking game. So I went to, like, whatever the local retro game store is and I bought you know the first one second one third one and we're dirt cheap and I and I got I don't know how many hours into the first one and I finally like like I threw the controller because I couldn't <laughs> couldn't beat it because like you know I, I would not say I'm a hardcore player I think I'm I'm a I'm a casual player looking for the story I want to sure. see the story I don't necessarily want to prove that I'm the twitchiest <laughs> I, right. and I remember like trying to chase this criminal through the city my wife was like, "Okay, you're done. You're cut off. You're not playing. You're you're you're, you're grounded for two weeks." Because I think I threw it against the wall or something. So I, you don't play Dark Souls and Bloodborne. No, I I, I do not uh, specifically because I I know going into those games would be a problem, you know. Uh, and I also don't play a lot of fighting games either, just because of sure. I'm not a twitchy. I mean, I'm old, so like at this point, I need. You know, games that I I can have the reflexes for. I I loved. I had a period where I played a lot of fighting games in college because my friend group we would play after dinner almost every single day and that was amazing but now that we're all like living in separate areas we can't as easily be like this is the fighting game we're playing because if someone's like well i'm gonna buy this one instead it just breaks the group up so i haven't played a fighting game for years but i love the ultimate marvel ultimate marvel versus capcom 3 you know i've also uh done a lot of emulation so obviously with main multiple arcade machine emulator uh and 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 i would say it perfectly emulate excuse me perfectly emulates up through like the mid 90s so all those games and it's all free right so the emulator is free and then I'm air quoting free. You got to find the, the ROMs, <laughs> right? But, but yeah, if you haven't checked it out, you, you should. It's still emulation, and, and, and so this is gonna sound weird, but like it's still emulation. I, I'm like, I want to play on the original hardware kind of guy. Oh, I, I'm the I, same way. Yep, I like yep. that, but but like I understand, like I'm not gonna buy an arcade rig, right? Like right. I'm not gonna buy arcade. <laughs> so like this is the best it's gonna get. But like I'll be honest with you, like I have all the the mini consoles, like the the the, the Nintendo emulator you know the one from nintendo like and when you play some of those games i can feel the lag like on uh mike tyson's punch out it's not called mike tyson's anymore but when you're fighting mike tyson i i can feel the fact that it's not as twitchy i don't know right don't know, responsive it's not responsive right right i noticed that i played through um on the switch you know they have the virtual console um and i played through super ghosts and goblins i think it is super ghosts and ghouls whatever the 
you know, SNES version of it. I played through the whole thing extensively using rewinds. Um, but I definitely hit some periods where, it, yeah, you feel that like delay. I mean, let's be honest. That's like one of the probably one of the top five hardest games ever. And it, it, yeah. it, it without rewinds and save states, yeah, I would it's not impossible. Have done it. But with it, I was like, oh, this is fun because there's no like if I keep messing, I'll just keep clicking rewind. <laughs> exactly. Well, did you see that they just came out of, of with a new version? I did see that actually. I was like, it looks pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not. I'm not the target audience for that though, because it's. I mean, I would just. I, yeah. I would really be throwing something then. The library will probably get a copy, so I'll probably check it out at some point. Um, that's how I like. That's how I did like the Sonic Turbo because those games I I want to like them and I play them for like an hour and then I get frustrated because like I die so frequently in platforming. Well, it's funny you say that. So I'm a, I like platformers in the Mario sense where there's a little bit of exploration. It's a, maybe a little bit more thinky, but it's <laughs> certainly not as speedy and i remember like man sonic that, that game was hard dude like you really have to make decisions well the thing that sucks about sonic um joe flesh says this on his uh super nintendo stream some is he, like sonic starts off with you wanting to be really fast but then there's later levels where you get penalized for going fast it's it's like this weird clash of brands right where you're like oh there's these spikes at the end i'm dead like why would you put that there you told me you gotta go fast <laughs> right right what, what about you? what games do you find yourself gravitating towards now basically anything that's got the nostalgia grab and and, sure. and if it's a platformer you know i'm a huge fan of uh uh link's awakening on the switch was a great remake that was awesome uh uh, Super Mario Odyssey was probably it's pro- it probably still is one of my favorite games on the Switch. I mean, it just, Super Mario Odyssey was excellent. Yeah, it, it just really hits good. all the buttons. You're like, oh, I remember. Harkens back to you know all the old games, dude. And there's all those callbacks. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I I do have an affinity for a game called Valkyria Chronicles, mm-hmm. which I bought but I haven't started. <laughs> yeah, which I started on the PS3. Well, here's how bad my addiction is. So I bought the PS4 version, but I don't have a PS4. So I don't know. <laughs> I'll play it. I, I got it for the soundtrack. Right. Do you do you get into any um indie games on your Switch? I know I played uh Katana Zero on there, which is it's a it's a new indie game, but it's designed to look like a like a Super Nintendo era pixelated game. The, so the messenger is very good. It's like uh I, I probably the closest game is probably Ninja okay. Gaiden, which is great. Uh what's the uh the Castlevania remake that's on uh, there? Bloodstained? Yes, yes. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Love it. You know, I think it's, you know, I, and I don't know if you saw today or yesterday, they've announced a new game that's going to be, uh, it's Ninja Turtles, dude. It's got that like Ninja Turtle four player. You know, I did actually see something about that and I thought it was a fake ad. <laughs> no, it's real. And the footage they showed is amazing. It it literally looks like the Konami game from like the early nineties, huh. dude. Okay, I'll have to check where that it's out. The I have player. a lot of good memories. Yeah, but but it, but it's better. It's 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 enhanced. Sure. It's it's even better. Uh, but yeah, it looks great. I'm sure it's not coming out this yeah. year. But like, oh, I cannot wait. I, I'm one of these people that I don't know that I have like specific genres. I just have specific titles for whatever reason. I end up playing. Mm-hmm. There's one game. It's called Commandos. Have you ever played mm-hmm. Commandos? Well, it just got re-released. It's an Eidos game. That's the people that made Tomb Raider back in the '90s. There's a. It just came out for the Switch digitally only. Commandos is like World War II, a dirty dozen. You build your squad, and it's right up your alley, dude. It's like you you move guys, and you've got to like stay out of the sight of the Germans. Huh. 
and you've got different roles. So, oh, the sapper's got to go up and cut the hole in the fence and then get back in time for the sniper to kill the guard. And you've got to, like, time this whole thing to do this mission. Oh, yeah, this looks cool. One of my favorite games, yeah. To be fair, I have not played the new Switch version. I'm going to get it, but I... I'm hesitant because I know if I do, I'll be like, right. that's all I'm going to do. <laughs> no painting's going to get done when I get that game. So, so like that's, that's one Valkyria Chronicles. Uh, I don't, I, I had a, I had like an employee, like it was like, Hey, you should check this game out. And I got it. And it, it just, the first one just hooked me. Cause it, again, it's like alternate world war two, but even more mm-hmm. weird. Cause it's not like, it's not like Russia and the United States, even though you could argue there was like an Eastern Bloc and, and, and kind of like, uh, Switzerland, there was kind of like this neutral territory. And it's just like, but the, the art style, right? It's like this anime done in like a watercolor. I, I can't explain it. It's just, it's, 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 it's its own thing. In fact, there is an anime series for it as yep. well, which is great. <laughs> um, but anyways, I love, I love that series. Super Mario Odyssey. I love, I'm trying to think if there's any like new games that I've got. I mean, you know, Mario, uh, Luigi's Mansion three mm-hmm. has been great. I keep meaning to check it out. I've, i it's on the docket, but I haven't I haven't given it a try yet. The, the the problem is like, do I play new games, or do I go back to those games right. I loved for twenty yep. years, right? And you know, and when they come out with a cartridge, you know, or a disc where it's got, you know, like they had the Mario thirty five card, you know, so it's got Mario. I mean, Mario sixty four is like one of the greatest games Mario ever made. Mario sixty four is tough Granted, to play it on the look Switch as... though, because some some sometimes on the Switch, like when I'm playing it. Um, you realize how it's programmed to be used with that really crappy N64 joystick. Cause like, I'm like, right. why'd he jump there? Oh, I probably tap this. Whereas like with an N64 thing, it wouldn't be that responsive. Right. Like <laughs> there's those games, you know, back in my history that I, Oh, I'm going to go mm-hmm. play those games. So it's, it's just constant struggle. Uh, and then, you know, we didn't really talk about it, but I, I have dabbled in my fair share of, Massively multiplayer mm, online yep, games to the ask. point of like, <laughs> yeah. So I actually started with, believe it or not, I actually started with Star okay, Wars. Was it the, uh, the Galaxies? The first one. Okay. Yep, Star Wars Galaxies. So it started off as Star Wars Galaxies and then they had an expansion called Jump to Lightspeed. Where, I mean, amazing, dude. Like, oh, you get to have a ship now <laughs> and you can like go between planets on your own without having to like go to the spaceport. Right. So awesome. And I had a smuggler. I was in grad school at the time. And at some point, you just get to the point where you're just like, this is just wasting Mm -hmm. my time. I hit that point with WoW in in college. I uh, played WoW really heavily senior year of high school into like freshman year of college. And I distinctly remember the moment I quit playing WoW. And it was um, Wrath of the Lich King had been released for like time frame context. Um, and I was playing in my, um, now wife's at the time girlfriend's dorm room because my computer was in there and I'm sitting there playing and she's like, I got to go to my final. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to keep playing in here if that's cool. And she's like, yeah, it's fine. And so like, I was trying to mine mats so that I could get a better gun for my max level hunter because I didn't have great gear because I hadn't done dungeons because doing dungeons back in the day was a pain in the butt. And my like guildy was like, I'll build a better gun for you, but you need to get the mats. And I spent an hour and a half killing the same creature over and over. And Jess was like, Oh, you're still playing that. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you're in the same cave. And I'm like, Oh, what time is it? And she's like, it's been two hours. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I was only like a third of the way done gathering one of the six groups of things. And I was like, Nope. I'm done, and that's right. I'm subscribed. And I've dabbled a couple more times since then. You know, like when WoW Classic released, 
Uh, some of us got on and played that just to go through some of the old dungeons. There's some great content in there, but there's definitely like a... I had some great experiences, but like, you know, Star Wars Galaxies, I just got to a point where, you know, I was just like, okay, I was. I remember I was a smuggler. Just wasting time to waste time, well, right? Well, I, like- I remember, I remember exactly the point, like, when I started, like, being a Jedi, which I wasn't aspiring to be, but if you were a Jedi, like, it was a big deal because... It meant you put like 600 hours or some stupid amount of, you know, you really had to want to be a Jedi, right? And then, like, I remember back then, the company that put it out did a very good job of, like, having, like, just pop-up instances. I remember I was in, like, Bespin, and here comes, like, a thousand sand raiders, just, you know, Tusken raiders just coming in, and they're just killing people. And you're like, all right, well, I guess we got to (laughs) fight. You know, but then at some point, like they decided that that wasn't getting the money or mm. getting the, the the subscribers. So like everybody can be a Jedi. Hey, you can even be a stormtrooper, and like and, and oh, you can change your class. And it, it was just like watered it down. They kind of just dumbed right? it down, and and for me, it kind of felt like I it uh it depreciated my investment. Sure. And I was like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> and that's when I learned my trick. So if you this is this is Rob's trick to getting out of uh, a game. If you're gonna dump it. You got to go hard. So what that means is you literally kill the character to the point where there's no coming back. So I'm going to go into some place. I'm going to give away all my cool gear. I'm going to get naked. I'm going to give away all my money. I'm going to destroy all my houses. And then I'm going right, to log off. Like I'm literally going to be like, there is no incentive for me to ever come back and play those characters because it would be starting over. Right. And I did the same thing with WoW after like, a few years. No, it was more than a few years. Probably like four years. I got to a point where I was a holy priest. I was a le- now before any of the expansions, mm-hmm. man. So this is old, right? I was a holy priest. Were you horde or alliance? Uh, alliance. Ooh. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, leveling up, I found was very easy because everybody wants you on their team, right? Right. And what I would do is like I would find like just a couple lower levels mm-hmm. than me, and and so like healing them and stuff was- like meant like I was in stuff that I probably wasn't going to get killed. I just throw throw up some, right. and, you know. I'm just kind of leeching off their 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 kills, and they they loved it because if they had like two or three younger, uh, not younger, lower level, but, uh, right. lower level dudes, they're like leveling up because I'm just back You're there just heal alive, heal right? heal, exactly. So that's how I leveled up. Because um, I can tell you right now, when you try to like solo, so first of all, I'm a hardcore guy. Like if I'm a holy priest, I'm not like gonna take a different path just to level up, only to change right. later. Like I'm a holy priest <laughs> from level one, right? So like, and it was hard. Yep. Because when you're doing some of them solo missions, you're like, I ain't got shit to kill these dudes with. I have no abilities that do damage like that. <laughs> exactly. But again, I remember I got to the point. What's the big dwarf city? I've only played Horde, so. <laughs> okay. Well, I walked in there. I was like, here's a you know, here's a horse. Here's this this uh, loot. Here's the armor. Just dumped it all, and I just bloop, <laughs> done. And I and I closed my account. And again, like I don't have an incentive. Right to ever want to go back. Now, later on, somebody said, well, you know, you could have just called Blizzard and they would have, they would have, they would have, they would, if they wanted you back, they'd get mm-hmm. you back, right? Like, they, they figure out. But like, I, that's the way I do it, man. <laughs> but to be fair, I've kind of swore off massively multiplayer online games just because they they're are, huge, they're too much they're of a time commitment. Time There's thing, no casual play right? to that. Yeah. <laughs> like, that has to yeah. be your hobby. Like, you can't, you can't. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle yeah. game. That's it. You're, right. you're playing. So, you know, and so now I'm at a point where I don't have the time to commit to anything like that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a commitment to Kings of War, right? So painting armies and, and playing and board games and that kind of thing. 
So I I like lots of games though. That's my problem. <laughs> I, I I I buy you know I buy more games oh, than yeah, I play. I, I, Honestly, like there's like oh I'm especially on the Switch. Like oh it's on mm-hmm. sale. Like okay, have you played Hades yet? I haven't. I keep, I it's on the docket, but I I I've, I've been trying really hard, really hard to not buy more games until I breaks fifty percent beaten. <laughs> it is so. I mean, it won like all the awards, right? <laughs> It is so good. I mean, like, you know, it's like that first time you play, uh, like, one of the Shanti games. You're like, wow, this is a really good game, right? Like, um, you know, you know, you think it's a hidden gem, but it's not really, because everybody right, knows right, about it. You, you just didn't know about it. it that's a really great game. So I, I tend to, especially, like, now that, like, I'm an adult, I bounce between, like, the games I play with my friends and the games I'm playing by myself. Um, and so like my friend games are right now age of empires and overwatch. Um, and I like, I like overwatch because like I can pick it up and play it. And like, there's a, you know, I can just do that and play a couple of rounds and it's done. If there's a bunch of people on, I'll play longer. Um, but I don't need to grind anything out, right? Like it's just pure, you're, you get different skins if you play and get loot boxes and stuff. I don't have to worry about unlocking abilities or anything. Um, and then single player, it's like basically like RPGs and action adventure and then strategy stuff. Um, the, the free to play stuff is, is, is uh, you know, like the Fortnites. Like, I don't mind that. Cause like you can just get in and play a game. Play a little bit. Yeah. I did, um, Hearthstone. I did a decent amount of Hearthstone. That's a great, like play at your lunch break kind of game. One game that I, that I didn't mention, dude, mm-hmm. Diablo three, I, I never played it on the PC and I was never, a Di- I was, I've never been a Diablo player, but when it came out on the switch, like it was like, okay. Let's do this, right? Like, let's play. And that was another game that I really um, had to like. Okay, dude, you 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 need to get off this drug because this is bad. So, are you going to be on the Diablo Four or the Diablo Two re- remaster hype trains? I just remember playing for days and days and days, and my wife going, "Dude, <laughs> you have got to do something." And and the only highlight though is like when my daughter, who's eleven now, mm-hmm. she's probably like nine or ten when that came out and she would she would begrudgingly start to play with me and then she's like oh this is pretty cool i'm a necromancer let me make some skeletons uh you know and so that you know it's always fun when you can find like i'm sure with you and your wife if you can find a game like for me to find a game that my daughter will play with me is jess jessa will occasionally dabble in games but rarely will she play with me anymore because she's very competitive but doesn't doesn't play enough to have the skill set so like Mario Kart we have on the Switch, and she won't play anymore because she can't beat me in it. <laughs> um, we we play Mario Party, and it was hysterical because you know I brought the Switch. We were on a cruise with my family pre-COVID, and um, my I have a couple of siblings with various disabilities. My parents were like, "We want to go out to eat. Can you watch your siblings?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure. I'll hook up the Switch to the TV, and we'll just play Mario Party. Perfect solution, right?" And there's a game mode in that where you're rowing down a river and you're trying to cooperate to get to the end of the river, right? And in my mind, I'm like, we're playing with my brother as cerebral palsy. We're playing with my brother who's slightly, you know, like mentally delayed. Like, this isn't serious, right? And Jess is screaming at them, you're not paddling fast enough. We're going to lose. <laughs> and then, like, my brother Brian is, like, stopping paddling to look at her, freaking out at him because he thinks it's the funniest thing ever. And we're all cracking up at her. And she's, like, getting ready to throw the controller across the room because we're losing these mini games. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that like mm-hmm. dr mario is a classic game right I, i've only played it on the switch emulator i didn't play it like when it was, it's, it's tetris okay right? well I mean, it's like it's like it's got like a tetris like vibe yeah yeah my wife is so good at it 
that like I I, I refuse to play it because like it, it, occasionally I have in the past like talked trash and be like oh I'm gonna and, and she just yeah and then she just raffle stomps me and I'm like it, you know Jess loves talking trash but then like will get very annoyed if like I beat her. <laughs> right so like she'll talk a lot of smack with mario kart and be all right you can pick the map and pick my racer and pick my car (laughs) and she's like i hate you (laughs) but she did get into like um early covid she logged like 300 hours into animal crossing oh so my daughter's into that like i i i uh i picked it up knowing she would play it and it it, yeah that's that so that but to me they that's the kind of game that i can still get into like you can pick it up and play, and you can put it down, and when you pick it back up, you just jump right back. Your stuff's still there, and like it's not destroyed, and like you're you're building, right? You're being it's a yes. creative outlet. Stardew Valley is a similar way. I, I've you know stopped playing for months at a time, come back, and like okay, here's my crops, let's go. And, and I appreciate games where you don't have to play every day. Like you can casually play it because like I, I I just like you know like even Diablo, like Diablo three, like. If I was to go down there and play it now with my level stupid character in your combos and stuff, right? It would take me a while to remember all the button mashing because on the Switch you can change all the the configurations, and I've got it all set up. So like, boop, 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 you know, but I wouldn't know how my muscle memory's not there. So I'd have to like spend a couple hours just relearning that. So in the past like three years, what would you say like your like top three recommended games would be to people if people are looking for new games to try that are more modern? Or that I guess you could play on modern consoles since a good amount of stuff is just reprints of old stuff, but that works too. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think for me, I, I'd have to say um, Persona 5 is really, really good if you like RPGs. Um, and the music from that, the art style, everything about that game is, is exactly what I look for in a video game, if I'm being honest. Um if you like strategy, the Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition on Steam does so much small, subtle things that preserve the gameplay of the original game, but improve it um, to be more playable than it even was. So that's another really good one. And then I think uh, my, my final like newer game that I've really been enjoying uh, is Ghost of Tsushima, um, which is a PS4 exclusive, I think. Uh, but it feels like playing through a samurai movie. Like I know it got like it got positive, but somewhat mixed reviews. Some people said that the gameplay was a little shallow or whatever. But like it is the most beautiful game I've ever played, and the gameplay itself is very smooth. So I often feel like I'm just like fully immersed. Like you hit that flow. I'm not thinking about it. I'm just exploring because I want to see what's further in this like island on Japan, which is really cool. I've got I've got three different games. And they're very different. So, uh, first of all, I'm going to say if if you can find any Valkyria Chronicles, pick it up because the st- you don't play it for the game; you play it for the story. Uh, it, and it's a turn-based sure. alternate history game, but it's got so much JRPG elements. I would almost call it JRPG light, even though the art style looks total JRPG. Yeah, I, it might it might not even be light though, because like you are going in and like customizing traits and stuff sure you know making this person you know and so but like it's one of these all all the games in the franchise make you come to a point where you have to like you've got like moral decisions to make okay i'm going to use this re- this person and like treat them like a resource and you have to you know there's some hard questions that you've got to that you, that you deal with in the game that really make you think so that's that's one that i just from a storytelling thing you know i i you know 
it's hard to beat that that franchise. Mm-hmm. From a from an indie game, I'm gonna say SteamWorld Dig Two, which is a maybe four been out four years maybe mm-hmm. on on uh, the Switch. I don't know if you've played it, but I essentially haven't. you're like. It's like you're a robot. Okay, so it's got a little hint of dig dug. You're you're a robot and you dig, right? Like that's Steamworld Dig Two. Right. You've got like a hint of an RPG in that you're kind of exploring the world and you're kind of advancing your character and getting mods. Uh, it's just a, I mean, it, it's a fantastic game and it's dirt cheap, maybe ten bucks. Oh yeah, and it's that's the it's best great. thing about good indie games, right? You can pick them up super. Yeah, cheap. yeah. The third one I'm going to give you is if you want a good party game, obviously Mario Party is great, but Overcooked 2. Overcooked is so good. Oh, my God. Like, that's probably my daughter's go-to game. She's like, let's play some Overcooked. And, and of course, I'm like, oh, because, I mean, I know I'm not good at it. Right. And I know I'm just going to frustrate her. She's going to be like. Overcooked is like a teamwork puzzle game, too. So, like, there's been moments where, like, we have been screaming at each other. No, no, no. <laughs> I brought that to my uh, bachelor party, and um, like a group of us were playing board games. We had a TV in the next room, and like we walked in after we were playing like a couple different board games, and it was like my brother and one of my best friends were like, "What are you guys? You guys just playing Overcooked? Haven't you been doing this for like five hours?" Like, yeah, we've got four levels to go. I'm like, it was unbeaten when I bought it today, guys. Like, you beat it. Like, they just played the hell out of it for a whole weekend. Well, and a couple honorable mentions would be Celeste. I don't know if you played that. I've seen it, but I haven't played it. Hollow Knight would yep. be another one that's really good. And then the final one, Axiom Verge, which is kind of like a Metroid clone, which is super awesome. And that's on that's on multiple systems. So looking forward to the next couple of years, we've got some big titles coming out. Is there anything in particular that you're like chomping at the bit to get your hands on? Uh, obviously, the Revenge of Shredder that they just announced looks really awesome, right? But, like, you know, bigger than that, obviously we're going to get another Breath of the Wild. No, I have Breath of the Wild, and I have barely touched it because I didn't know it was an open-world Zelda game. Uh, and I, 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 I really struggle to get into open-world games, so I think I'm going to play um, uh, Link to the Past. Yeah, yeah, Link to the Past is great because it's formulaic, right? It's linear, right? Like, yeah, you're, really ta- you're looking for Nintendo first-party titles, right? So Of course, that's why you buy a Nintendo console. Right? That's right. So, like, they've got Metroid 4 at some point. Like, it's got to come. Like, they had it, and then they kicked the, 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 the company doing it to the curb, and they hired somebody else to do it. And so, at some point, we got to hear something about it. So... Right. <laughs> you know what the the best title that I'm waiting for is is the one I don't know about yet. <laughs> like the one that like they just sneaks up and you're like, oh, like Hades was earlier this year or last year. That stealth game that you know you don't it just sneaks under the radar and then blows up. Holy crap! This is amazing. You know, here's one another honorable mention. They have one called Mummy Demastered, or Mummy is it called Mummy Demastered? Mummy Mastered? It, it was supposed to be on the uh, the terrible Tom Cruise Mummy movie, <laughs> but it turned out the movie sucked. Turned out the game is great. Like, the game is really good, and it's like 10 bucks. Huh, that's really, really odd. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's a fantastic game, really. Right. Like, it, like legitimately, uh, it's got that 16-bit style. The, hey, the other thing I mentioned, I mentioned the Messenger mm-hmm. earlier. The one thing that's really cool about the game is it starts in 8-bit style, and then at some point it switches to 16-bit. It's totally cool. So it feels like you're playing Nintendo, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's Super Nintendo now. Super awesome, fun game. For me, I've got... This year it has so many games coming out that I'm really pumped for, actually. Um, Pokemon Snap, the new Pokemon Snap, comes out next month. And I've been waiting for that since the N64. So I, I could not be more hyped. Um, and the trailers for it look like they really just nailed it. Um, so I'm really, really excited for that. Pokemon Arceus Legends doesn't really have a release date yet, but they they have that first trailer at, for the Pokemon Direct, and 
I mean, like, I love the Pokemon franchise, but basically every game you kind of know what you're getting because they've done basically the same thing for 25 years, right? It's the same world, too, right? Like, it's just... Right, you know, you're going to... You get your Pokemon, it's turn-based, you're going to switch up the Pokemon mechanics a little bit, but realistically, like, the flow of the game is very similar. Pokemon Arceus Legends is an open-world thing that sort of looks like Breath of the Wild, where you're free-form, flowing around, catching Pokemon, battling, and... It has a lot of potential to be what I've always wished Pokemon could evolve into. Um, but it could also be a total train wreck. So, <laughs> And then the final one I'm amped for is Warhammer Total War 3 released a trailer. And it looks so amazing. Um, they've been talking about for a while and fans have been hi- like you know, sort of quietly rumor-mongering what's coming. And for the longest time... I mean, we knew demons were coming because they have almost every faction from Warhammer Fantasy represented in the game minus demons and ogres. And the Chaos Wastes are in it. They have all the other Chaos factions. So they have demons, but they have a separate faction for each god of chaos, um, which is really cool because they're going that gives so much more diversity and they're going to have to create new units for the game. But even more exciting is the other two playable factions to start off are going to be Kislev and Cathay. Cathay specifically because they've never even had models, but Kislev is also cool because there was an army at one point. Right. I think they had stuff for Warmaster, so they might be pulling, but for the most part, yeah, they can do whatever they want, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's cool. And so that's really exciting. And then, you know, they're, they're, the way the Warhammer Total War games work is they have a uh, game mode where you can play right now as Warhammer 1 and 2 in one big game. And so three is going to have the same thing. So the map gets bigger and bigger with more factions and it means your game takes even longer to beat, but there's something epic about fighting over literally the entire Warhammer world that I just, I can't wait for. Well, that's good words to take us out. You want to, you want to take us out tonight, uh, Jake? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me on Rob and keep counter charging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on counter charge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.